solution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body out line and chalk. I left the institution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body out line and chalk. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, good evening. I know you're like, whose voice is this? Yes, this is Amadi. We are back. I, we told you a month ago we were coming back, and here we are. This is the House to House podcast. This is Amadi. I'm in here with Ragu, and we're going to have a great discussion tonight. Got a wonderful guest with us. Um, as always, you can check out our website, divemedia.co. That is divemedia.co, and our podcast is available Wherever podcasts are ingested, that's iTunes and Apple Podcasts and Google Play and Spotify and all of the podcasting caster fires, all those places. You can check out our podcast. It's great. Um, I highly recommend our podcast. Not because I'm not just because I'm on it, but because it's an awesome podcast to listen to. Uh, and you can you can hit us up on social media. We have a Facebook group. House to House podcast on Facebook. So we, we have an awesome guest with us this evening. Um, a friend of ours, uh, he's been on before, and we're going to get into a great discussion tonight. Gunner Falk from the wonderful state of Tennessee is back with us. He of Nashville fame. <laughs> Gunner, oh, say hello thanks to Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be back today. You guys can't see this. We're actually on Zoom right now because we're all on, on well, as much a quarantine as you can be. Um, and Gunner is the bacon lobbyist of America. So this is a, it's an awesome. That's just for our podcast, or is that that carrying over <laughs> the transcendent? I know I did it probably like four or five interviews ago somewhere, and it's just kind of I never changed it, and so it's kind of been rolling that way. And I'm not too compelled to change it. I do believe in it. <laughs> right. Hey, listen, you you got to fight for what you believe in. You got to stand yes, here, stand yes. up for what you believe in. So. Man, we're, we're just going to, you know, like we told you guys about a month ago when we, you know, really um, started to reestablish in season two, um, we're, we're going to be talking with people who we know, you know, exercise their faith in, you know, the non-traditional ways. I mean, that that was the point of, of our podcast, and we, and we, we want to continue in, in that vein, especially in times like this where people are being mandated by government officials to stay in their homes and to not congregate with more than 10 people. Um, we have to be able to do some different things. And so I think those of us who um, exercise our faith in non-traditional ways can kind of go out ahead and lead in, in this way, you know, and kind of be examples as opposed to ridicule. I think this is a wonderful opportunity for us to lead and, uh, you know, continue to reflect the light of our father in the earth. Right. Even in a situation, you know, as dire as a global pandemic, you know, God can still get glory. So. So we're, we're going to, you know, have a good conversation to, this evening, um, crack some jokes probably, some good, some bad. But listen, you're you're on here now. We got you now. So you can't you can't hang up. So, Gunner, let's let's talk. Goo, let's let's talk. I'm, I'm tired of running my mouth. Um, we were just talking off air bef- before we got on just about some of the things that um, we do in our individual lives. And I want to toss this out to you both. Um, so I got a phone call from a really good friend of mine, and he called me uh, maybe about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and he said, uh, man, you know, he said, I just want to commend you. And I was like, what's going on? I'm thinking, like, did I do something? You know, I'll take your your commendation, but what <laughs> what are we talking about? And he said, man, I just want to commend you. He said, because he said, you know, a lot of his friends, their kids are home from school now, and they can't, you know, 
all schools are closed and just their you know jobs are closed and they're having to pivot and do a lot of different things. And he's like, man, you've been doing this for for years. Like you've been preparing for something like this. Like you know, because we homeschool our kids. So he's like, you know, your kid's been home and your wife has been home and like. He's like, man, you you were ready for this, and I said, well, I appreciate your sentiment. Cause I I know what he was getting at, and I I made a little joke. It was partially a joke, but partially truthful. I said, you know, I do my best to live my life sort of crisis proof, which just means if things were to happen, um, and something were to you know go down, now nah, I'm not immune to crises, but just being flexible enough to pivot. And when we see the season shift and change. Um, I just think that it's imperative for us to pivot. So how have you guys seen the the ways in which you sort of exercise your faith, both, you know, personally as well as kind of publicly, whether that's in your homes, with your families or in any other places? How has that sort of changed for you um, with the global pandemic going on? Wow, that's a great question. And I don't mean this to sound all that, but not much. And what I mean by that is we, we can't have people over right now. So at my house, we have people over a lot. Right. And so that's the one thing we can't do. However, I have been on my phone. I've been on my computer connecting with people like in very direct ways, being the video chats and all the stuff we were talking about earlier. Uh, it's just funny because, boy, there's a lot of people whose ear will have an attention. So there's a lot of people who have, I would say, not even yet become believers that I've been able to access in a more direct way than I normally get the time for. Uh, but we happen to teach our kids at home too. Uh, I wouldn't mind if they went to regular school, but the schools around here that where I live, they're just, uh, it has like a 50% dropout rate at the high school. So it's just wow. not wow. probably the place to get it going. So, uh, we've been teaching them at home. So that aspect of our lives didn't change. Um, it is, you know, obviously grocery shopping, all the things that we know are a little bit different, but the one thing for me is my work, I work at a restaurant, so we've been closed for a while. And so we've been having, uh, we have a roommate, uh, my family, I have a wife and two kids, but we have a roommate as well. So we've been dining together and we even have like some video meals that we scheduled that we're doing with other people to kind of connect with them via video while we eat since we can't have them over. But other than that, that's kind of like our life. We have people over, we fellowship, we eat together, uh, we pray together, all this stuff that, you know, we think about as believers is just that we, you know. That's what's hard is we just can't have the big crowds because sometimes we'd have some bigger crowds over. We can't do that right now. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and echo Gunner a little bit in the sense that not really much has changed for the way we kind of fellowship my wife and I um, with other believers. Um, And we're a little bit more fearless because we don't have kids. And if we had the responsibility of someone who could be a little bit more vulnerable to what's going on, I think the circumstances would change, of course. Of course. But um, with that said, you know, we would go to some of the folks who live relatively close by and still fellowship, you know, and we really don't have the space in our kind of uh, apartment to kind of accommodate others. And that's been the case. And so that really hasn't changed. I think one of the things that you did uh, mention there, Gunnar, is your creativity and trying to create fellowship despite the uh, not having the same physical location simultaneously. Mm. And I think that's kind of what also still is going to continue to stand out uh, in these times is to be creative as the Lord gives guidance and wisdom. And it's going to be kind of a pressing thing to make it, make it work, if you will. 
One thing that's on my heart, if I may, I was even thinking about this uh, before you shared that. I got to listen. I'm so glad for both of you guys that it's kind of like you're just kind of transitioning in this season. You know, you're just kind of going, hey, this is and you're, it's kind of testing it out under some more severe waters. If you're, well. you're going, hey, you know what? This is working. Uh, one thing that happened to us, I didn't see it as the Lord totally, but the last couple months before they shut everything down and before, honestly, I was aware of coronavirus or whatever, uh, we would try to do some stuff where we invited people over and only like one or two would show up. Mm. But I got to like, uh, recently somebody committed their life to Jesus on coming over. And on that event, what I did is I sent out a big message. Only one guy came, but on that message, I said, Hey, everybody bring a music clip or a movie clip of something that reminds you about Jesus that you like. And normally I like to get into scriptures and stuff, but sometimes I like to mix it up and I, I you can see them in a lot of stuff. So the three adults that live in my home, we all had a clip. We didn't talk about it beforehand. We had a clip, but this one guy showed up. He didn't bother to look up a clip. He doesn't know the Lord. He just was like, I need to go somewhere. I need, he, he told me, he goes, I'm just desperate to talk to people tonight. He comes to my house. We share what we see in Jesus in the clips. He just starts weeping and gives his life to Jesus. Um, I've been, we can't see each other, but I've been calling him on the phone about three times a week. He's calling me just kind of walking him through. I mean, when everything gets all good, I need to get this guy baptized. <laughs> but uh, again, it's without a big crowd. And what I'm getting at is to give some people hope. There's all kinds of little things like this where maybe you can't have even 10 people at your house or whatever the rules are going to be where you live. But you know what? The Lord might want to do something really fruitful with just one. And uh, that now as I get a look back, because that was before this crisis, now coming out of it, I'm going to be like, dude, I don't care if I have just one. Jesus is going to do something awesome. Like I'm really excited about that for us. So that is awesome because in in light of what we've been seeing, Gunner, like I really that's you know that's like praise the Lord for that. By the way, um, that in light of what we've been seeing, like with because there was the one guy in Florida I saw in the news, like they were issued an arrest warrant because he was still having services. Um, I think it's like in the Tampa area. It's kind of wild. Um, and I don't like, you know, I don't know about in, in other parts of the country, but I know around here, you know, we are in the DC area. Um, there've been like churches having drive through services and just kind of wacky things like that. And <laughs> like on, on top of the health risks, cause it is a tremendous health risk. Um, it is, it just shows how much, um, inflexibility there is in the way in which people choose to practice their faith um you know we see that in 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 the old testament david had a very small tribe the sons of issachar with them and the reason he had them with them is because they knew the times and the seasons and they all and not only did they know the times and the seasons but they knew what to do in those times and seasons yeah um, which is like it's like vitally important you know it's like it's like people who get staunch about their doctrine or their scripture knowledge and their Bible knowledge, which is great. I mean, it's for us to know the scripture because it leads us to the author of the scripture, you know, which is God himself. But not knowing how to apply that scripture in the various times and seasons that we're in, I think that's actually detrimental. You know, when we know so much stuff, but we don't really know how to apply it. And so we just kind of keep doing the same things and not really realizing oh, I should probably change because God has moved over here, you know, and I should probably change again because God has gone over there. You know, I always, my, my son actually just, you know, brought something back that I guess it kind of blew his mind the way that it blew my mind when I first saw it in scripture. 
Do you realize that when the son of God was being crucified, on the day he was being crucified, there were still people in the temple. <laughs> there were still people in the temple because that's why the veil had to be rent from floor to ceiling. And I know when I read it, it blew my mind. I was like, God, there was people, like the son of God was walking the earth, yet there were still people like, eh, whatever. I'm gonna go over here to this temple. And so just within the last two weeks, my son was like, yeah, so dad, where people go, because I was explaining to them the temple and we were just talking about it from a you know a historical perspective. He said, wait a minute, is that the same temple where the veil was rent? I was like, yeah. So they were doing that when Jesus was on? I was like, yes, son, yeah. <laughs> yes, they were doing that. And so I just kind of look at that as, you know, like a metaphor for where we are today, where, you you know, we've been seeing people who have been expressing their faith, walking out the kingdom in their everyday lives, whether, you know, it's in just in their own personal families or having small house gatherings or, you know, households, fellowships, whatever. I know people that get together in coffee shops, just being more flexible. And then you have this, you know, large swath of people who are just like, nope. This is what we do. So we've always done. It's not going to change. And, you know, action. And I just feel like we're setting ourselves up to fail. We're sort of setting ourselves up to be picked off. We're setting ourselves up to, we're already sort of irrelevant culturally. You know, culturally, people just kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. Church smirch, you know, Christian smishin. But in terms of our effectiveness, we could be so much more effective because like what you just said, the ones and the twos, you know, Gunner, it's, it reminds me of a prophetic word that, that we heard years ago. Go on, you remember that scripture? Um, it's in the Old Testament where we, where we will go from being fishermen to being hunters. Yeah. Uh, where it says, you know, God will take us from being fishermen to becoming hunters. And a brother had shared you know, some insight in that scripture. He's like, yeah, you know, fishermen just kind of go out and get a bunch of people and, you know, hey, come on in here about Jesus. And where you move to being a hunter, where you go after the one and the two, you know, no, go get this guy, go get that family, go get that couple. And but you have to be more skilled. You know, I'm putting air quotes up. You have to be a little bit more seasoned, use wisdom and execute things a a little differently, so to speak, um, when you're hunting after the ones and the twos, because God will give you a specific like, no, go get that couple. And but if I only have this one way that I'm going to do it. It's like, it's almost like I'm going to miss. Like, had you been a stickler for gathering at your house, even just gathering at your house, you would have missed that one guy, right? Because you'd be like, no, this is how I do my house gatherings. It's not going to change. Yeah. You know, that one guy would have came and you may have actually missed God. So that's why I was just saying how praiseworthy that was, that things shifted and you were like, all right, well, one guy it is. And, you know, let's let's go ahead and get to it. It's Jeremiah 16, 16, where it talks about, uh, he will send forth uh, many fishermen, declares oh, okay. the you. Lord. Thank you. Jeremiah, then he will send many hunters. Um, but just to, to what you're speaking to, Amadi, I think, unfortunately, um, the stigma of of uh, church just being stuck in a building and the four walls, um, it makes it very difficult to kind of transition out of that. And so when we're getting into a crisis mode, like what is existing right now, it becomes very difficult for a person to shift paradigms and however many years it is, 10 years, 15 years, or even their entire life in the church institutionalized, you know, Um, and then trying to transition out, you might come up with these weird and wacky ideas like a drive-through, drive-through, uh, 
church meeting, if you will, that's whatever, however many minutes long, if you will. And that's kind of just uh, almost the equivalent of nothing against handing out tracks and stuff, but that's, that's old, old wine, if you will. That's not the kind of things that are kind of transpiring now to kind of communicate and express your faith. Yeah. I got to tell you, I love that hunting reference because even though we're going to be trapped, we can't move around. I, I, man, that just inspired me. If I can, I just want to share this story. So years ago, when I stopped being in ministry, like as far as like how I was, you know, spending all day, every day working, which is, you know, all fine. I transitioned out and I went to work at a restaurant um, and I really felt like the Lord led me to do that. And I was really inspired by like in Colossians 3, where we do everything we do is under the Lord. Now, I had preached the gospel and done lots of other things before, which is all great. But for whatever reason, I felt like I'm going, Lord, I'm not going to preach the gospel to everybody here. I just hope to live it. And so help me to do all of my work if this job is unto you. And I just want to see what happens. So I, I worked there and I was there for six weeks and I won server of the year, which I don't even know how to relate to because I don't think everybody's wow. happy about it. But the Lord, his joy was with me and I did my job well and they just honor me that way. Well, this other guy knew that I'd been a youth pastor and had heard some things that our youth group had done that kind of impressed him. So he was really flummoxed as to why I would have ever left that role to come and work at this restaurant because all he wanted to do was be a youth pastor. So I said, well, I'll tell you, let's go to Starbucks after work. I'll tell you. And this other coworker came along with us. I didn't really know her. And so he asked me about, it. I told him about Colossians three and how I want to do everything as unto the Lord that he's just real to me. And I love him. And I said, how could I ever even pretend to like love people in a ministry thing anyway, unless I can relate to the kind of lives they live. So I'm really excited to do all this. Well, right then and there, that girl who I knew nothing about goes, I have to serve a Jesus like that. I've never heard him like that. How do I give my life to him? And she wow. gets saved. Wow. So if you will, I'm going to compare her to like the one you're hunting. No, I didn't have the wisdom. She just happened to be there. She went and told the gospel to everybody at work, man. She just went nuts. And other people came to the Lord. All the bartenders in my work were in all these like before marriage, some relationships I wouldn't recommend kind of situation. And all of them together saw that a church had a banner up there about having a godly relationship with the opposite sex. And they said, will you take us to that church? And I was like, sure. And so, I mean, I took them. God just did a really awesome stuff there. But you're right. It, I wasn't trying to work the big crowd and I'm all for those big crowd moments, but sometimes the Lord has that key person. And even though we can't get 10 or 20 people or whatever we want to get, you just find that key person and God can do a thing that just really alters the landscape. Yeah, it is. It is tremendous, man. And, and I've just found, I mean, I was that one. I mean, so I know that God can still, I mean, yeah, he can still do like I was the one. I mean, I met Christ in a classroom on a college campus like I, I didn't grow up in church it wasn't like some you know phantasmal experience it was like I was in a classroom and they were talking about God I was like really all right and you know here we are some 25 years later so I think that you know we need to be able to you know and it's not always about doing one thing that's why I love that scripture in the book of Acts um, chapter 2 where it says you know sometimes they met in temple courts Sometimes it was house to yeah. house. Sometimes it was here, there. And, but the the believers had the flexibility to shift when necessary. You know, there was some, I can guarantee you when persecution come, you know what, guys, temple court meetings, we're probably going to end those for now. Right. <laughs> you know, we 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 may get our heads chopped off. So let's let's do something else. 
Um, but when the, the time called for it, maybe we have a big gathering. Maybe one of the apostles was in town. Let's have a large gathering. I think, you know, that's where the the, the wisdom, I think, of of the, the body of, of believers is is just, you know, lacking. And then, you know, here's another thought that I had in in terms of just uh these you know these various things that we're we're seeing it it speaks to because I know one thing that's really uh, blessed me is just being able to like talk with my wife more talk with my kids more like I'm just like doing it more because yeah. I'm, I'm here you know where I wouldn't yeah. be here I might be at work or driving to and from work um, you know could because I'm in project management sometimes I may have projects an hour from my house an hour and a half from my house. Um, and so it's kind of weird because I was just doing my uh, employee evaluation for the year, my annual thing for the year, and I was just telling my boss, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm saving like two, three hours commuting, but I'm here with my family, and so we're able to talk about the Lord more, talk about the scriptures more, have conversations that honestly I just wouldn't have had because I wouldn't have been here. And so I just started to think, man, with people, again, clamoring for these drive through type services or whatever. I mean, because like online church has been, you know, it's been around for a while. So it's not like that's a new thing. Um, but why can't we hold ourselves? Like, why can't a man just sustain himself, whether it's just himself or whether it's him and his wife and, and you just come together and meet God, or if it's you and your wife and your children and you come together and you meet God, like we can't sustain ourselves in this season. And that's very troubling. I don't know. I just found that kind of troubling. Like, wow, Lord, if things change, you know, and it's only been a few weeks, it's not like it's been 10 years, you know, if it's like no church for the last, oh, we haven't had church in five years. All right. Well, maybe I can understand that. We're talking three to four weeks and people are willing to put themselves in harm's way um, just to say that I, quote unquote, went to or I did church the normal way. And people may think that they have differences. And I just wanted to kind of put this out there. People may think that they have differences and and they do doctrinally or different things like that. But I think structurally, structurally in terms of leadership, lay people. Right. Sort of, you know, building or liturgy or what, whatever. It's kind of a monolith still like the structure still the same. And you could take it almost all the way back to the Catholic Church. Right. You change the names, but the structure is still almost the same. You know, you may not be a cardinal. You may just be like a bishop over a bunch of churches. Right. But <laughs> but the but the structure is still the same. Like it, it didn't really change much. And I, I think we just set ourselves up. So I don't. What What do you guys think about just men being able to sustain themselves or sustain their wives and their children, just in the time where we may have to not be in a big meeting or a big gathering? Well, first off, you're making me laugh because I remember being a much younger man and being critical of the Catholic Church, and then realizing, oh wait, we do the same thing. <laughs> but, <laughs> you're making me laugh back in that day. I'm like going, oh yeah. I used to think we had it a lot more figured out. And, yeah, uh, Protestants think wrong. yeah we, we got it all figured out. Yeah. I, I, I love, uh, you know, what you're just saying, I, I was uh, talking with some saints about this last week that, and I want to be sensitive. I know not everybody is on like a place like Facebook and that that's fine. Like do what you got to do. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably listening on your phone or you probably are connected online. In Acts 242, which I love Acts 242, 
They dedicated their lives to the teaching of apostles, of breaking of bread, to prayer, and to fellowship. Mm -hmm. If you can get online, there is nothing stopping you from doing everything in 242. Mm, and I'm going to say that there's never a time in the New Testament where I'm aware that it really requires us to radically change that idea. Like I can still pray with saints if I can connect with them with our families and home, by the way, which we can totally do. So not to get away from that. But what I'm saying is with our families and our homes right now, we can do all those things, but we can also connect with others online. We're not limited from the things that were really important. By the way, that was a New Testament church that had gone from 120 people to 3000 extra others overnight. Right. What if the Lord really, all of a sudden, a lot of people start coming to Jesus, all of our like drive through stuff that might get a little bit too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> right. I right. hope it does. It, and not to be mean, but uh, I agree with you. There's a contentment we can have in the Lord. Like I'm having a wonderful time with my family and kids and connecting deeper. I, I totally think it's a Lord. He's strengthening us for the season ahead because we're going to need those foundations built for the things he has in store. Mm. Yeah, and just to, to comment on what you're saying, Amadi, I think what is missing or what's structurally kind of missing because of we've become such a monolith is the fact that, you know, it starts in the house. It starts in your home and heart. It starts with your family. It starts with your spouse, with your children to begin to kind of um, <clears throat> build that nucleus up, if you will, and to make it more realistic, more palatable, more natural or organic, if you will, for it to then be able to expand and to let others kind of see that kind of interaction. And I think just to comment back of, of what you were saying about one of your friends was having a good, uh, a difficult time kind of with their children being home because of the COVID and the, or the Corona, whatever you want to call it. But it, it made me think about, you know, the scripture in First Timothy 3, where it talks about the requirements of an elder. First uh, Timothy 3 through 3 through 7. Um, uh, and, you know, those things are are something we kind of strive to kind of perpetuate because that's the standard of the scripture that we need to come up to as opposed to kind of being uh, falling short, if you will. Yeah, good word. Yeah, let's have even more people walking in that. <laughs> what an opportunity to grow into it. Yeah, you know, I, I heard a uh, sermon by uh, Vody Barkham years ago. Uh, shout out to Vody if he's listening to the podcast. Yeah, we'd love to have you on, brother. Um, and he said something to the effect of, and I, I am paraphrasing, but he said something to the effect of, when he talks to men and you and he he would ask them you know questions about the bible or different church history doctrine anything and their response would to him would always be well, why are you asking me man i ain't no preacher and he would just be like man but you've been walking with the lord for 20 years like what 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 is why is that such a like why is that not a thing and he said you know in what area like what other area of life would that level of immaturity be tolerated? You know, like imagine, you know, for for someone who who may be, I'm in the in the uh, construction industry, and if you've been in this industry long enough, you understand what something like critical path is. It's the something of having to do with construction scheduling, right? You say, well, hey man, what's on the critical path? Critical path? What are you asking? It's like, man, you've been in this industry for 20 years, right? So he's like, you go to other aspects of life. People are expected to grow and people are expected to retain 
knowledge and begin to execute wisdom. But somehow in Christendom, it's like, okay, to have been walking with the Lord for 20, 25 years or whatever, you know, in insert number of years, no shade to anyone who's been walking with the Lord for 20. And it just be like, eh, it's fine. No problem. Nothing to see here. It's like it's like the, that that meme where the guy is sitting in this fire all around. Uh, nothing to see here. Everything's fine. But it's like, no, everything's not fine. And, and I think that in times like now, like with what's going on now, you sort of see that. You sort of see that a wife can't just turn to her husband and say, hey, listen, I have a question about God without, well, we got to go find the pastor. Or one of your children just saying, hey, listen, can I ask you something about this? Or a friend or you know, somebody else saying, hey, listen, I know that you walk with God. Like the young lady you know, you were talking to, going, hey, I want to be introduced to a God like that. Rather than you saying, sorry, sis, let me go grab one of the elders and he can come pray for you. Let me go grab yeah. a licensed minister. Hold on one second. But not being that living, you know, that living epistle. And so yeah. really, this is just really me sort of encouraging everyone to say, hey, listen, I think that this, rather than showing us, you know, what we should be doing, I think that this COVID situation is kind of unveiling some things that we probably weren't doing, that God is graciously saying, hey, guys, you probably should be looking at this, look at that, um, and not, you know, not allowing this sort of, I don't know, built-in immaturity to kind of hang around anymore. Yeah, I think... What I was definitely hearing when you were speaking, Amadi, is definitely the the word of like contentment. We know the scripture godliness and contentment, but this is just contentment and just being uh, continuing to accept the status quo in our faith as opposed to moving forward and, and moving and pressing towards maturity. But I think what that contentment has now kind of built up is is perpetuating that that idea of a monolith. Well, I don't know, folks. I think you know you've you've heard our thoughts, and for those of you listening, we would love for you know to, to get your feedback. Um, please jump on the Facebook group. I'm, I'm going to try to get this up in the next couple of days. I feel like I've been working more since I've been home than I have than I was before. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm doing so much stuff now. Um, but we will, you know, do our best to uh, get these out on a little bit more consistent basis now that we're we probably should have been since we've been at home. But don't worry, we're going to get on it. So we would love to know your thoughts, though. For those of you in the Facebook group, let us know your thoughts. Um, how do you feel about, you know, being able to pivot and transition, you know, in in different seasons of life um, for the collective macro level? You know, some people may say, well, I've already been doing that. And that's great if you individually have been doing that. But more macro, let's sort of zoom the, the lens out a little bit. And what are some ways in which we can shift and pivot and be more effective? You know, be more effective in, in this time um, that, as you clearly see, things are not going to go back to what we are calling, quote unquote, normal. And I think, you know, for the body of believers, we have to be willing to go out ahead and lead. Um, and not just follow behind what the world is doing. So, Gunner, man, thanks a lot for joining us. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Hey, can I drop my new thing really quick? Oh, uh, yes, please, please let folks I, know. I would have had a week you. ago. No, no, that's all right. I, I, I normally never do, but on YouTube, it's really easy to find. It's going to be called One Body Prophetic. Nothing mm. spelled funny, it's just spelled the way it would sound. And uh, I'm just going to be releasing videos in the future that really just base on the fact that if we look at Ephesians 4.11, uh, something like we might like to do, gentlemen, is kind of flip some scriptures on their end a little bit. 
And it's right after those verses where it talks about they're not only just to equip the saints and to grow and mature and encourage us, but it's also for the unity of the body of Christ. Mm. Until we get into that perfect measure, we discover this man, Jesus. And I'm really about like going from backwards and going, wait a minute, his dying wish is for unity. He desires that we would be one and working from that point and working into maybe the different gifts and different things as opposed to like being so worried about the gifts and not seeing what his big picture is. And so uh, thank you for having me on, though, man. I love you guys. I loved hanging with you last time. I love hanging with you this time. So, yeah, guys, definitely uh, go go check out the the work that Gunn is going to be doing, One Body Prophetic on YouTube. We'll link it. I'll, I'll definitely link it to the um, description in the podcast. So we do thank you guys. And, again, as you know, whether we're talking about uh, drive through church or being able to pivot in our house meetings, uh, we're going to advance our Father's kingdom one house at a time. So for Ragu and Gunner, this is Amadi saying bye-bye. institution, now that's some real talk. Live right the execution, now that's some real walk. Stay cool, because outside my dude is real hot. Got bodies outlined out here in real chalk. I left an institution, now that's some real talk. Live right the execution, now that's some real walk. Stay cool, because outside my dude is real hot. Got bodies outlined out here in real chalk. I left the institution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body outlined and chalk. I left the institution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body outlined and chalk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body outlined. Shock. Hi. 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 Hi.